The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP, 103.3 FM, out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, with me tonight are Stefan Ward-Wheaton. Hello. And Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And the inimitable Mr. Roberts, uh, operating the board. Hi. (laughs) And uh, thank you all for listening tonight. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can reach us via email, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Our Twitter handle is at CivilPoliticsFM, and on Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio. We'd love to hear from you during the show. Uh, When we post references to things, uh, our esteemed producer is trying to mark them with the hashtag CivilReferences to make it easier for you to follow along. And you can also check out... uh, our website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, which has links to previous shows, links to things we mentioned, and also uh, the occasional uh, supplemental episode that we do. Uh, yeah. So, um, sorry, I just heard. A, I thought I heard this weird echo, but I think it's just my headphones. Anyway, um, so uh, there's some political news to talk about. Uh, in particular, I think we're going to start with the, uh, I don't know if they're exactly shocking, but the not entirely expected development of the special election on Tuesday uh, in Alabama. Not unexpected? Yes. <laughs> well, it's, here's the thing. Like, like, well, Doug Jones beat out Roy Moore by about 20,000 votes. Uh, which I think was about 1.5% of the uh, of the voting pop public there. And it, it, to me, it wasn't what I expected, but, you know, I'm a Yankee. I'm from Massachusetts, born and raised. I've never been to Alabama. So I'm aware that, like, I have ideas that I associate with Alabama about it being, you know... Oh, prejudice. Are you prejudiced about Alabama? Arguably, yeah. That's a way to put them, yeah. Florida and Texas, too, right? Right, right. Well... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I swear I'm justified in my disdain for Florida, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Florida man! <laughs> World's worst superhero. <laughs> I swear half the stories in Florida about Florida men are actually about alligators in disguise. It's amazing. <laughs> Fun fact... Yes? ...about Florida man... Uh, the reason why they why we have Florida Man is because in the state of Florida, uh, police blotters and um, and information like that is very free to the public. Uh, it there uh. it's very it's very open. So if there's a a slow news day or something like that, people just go to the Florida to Florida because you can find out about anything that happened if it's written down officially. Ah, so in other words, they'll be like, oh, there's some kind of weird, there must be some kind of weirdo thing happened today in Florida. We got yeah, in five columns. Yeah, so we, we need some inches. Uh, <laughs> let's check Florida. Now, oh, this guy, this guy's trying to ride a 
alligator with with <laughs> skates on. Okay, we'll just put that. But there are weird people in every state. It's just that oh, well, you so. can't obviously find well, the public record is more open. There? Exactly. <laughs> so the other public words, record is incredibly open in Florida. It, like, it, it, a lot of New Englanders lots moved of, down there too. Yeah. So. Well, lots of the um, uh, not just uh, police stuff or they, that sort of thing, but a lot of public records are incredibly easy to access. So, so, so in other words, part of the reason why it's so easy for the rest of us to sneer at Florida for being home to a bunch of weirdos and wackos and violent yahoos and so forth is because uh, they're much more transparent than, say, Massachusetts is about how it handles public records. Actually, yes. That's or exactly why. when it's the daughter of a judge. Yeah. 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 It's also a big state. I mean, we yeah. get more people in one place. The uh, bell curve states that on either end, you're going to have more of them <laughs> showing up in sort of marginal. That, that's, that's true. And, uh, and like I said, I swear <laughs> some of those some of those Florida men are actually alligators in drag. You know, they're just they <laughs> are. <laughs> you know. okay. We have Florida men. Uh, Next, we'll have uh, California boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and after that, we'll have um, what up? Nana, Arizona. So <laughs> Nana, Arizona. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the state family. Massachusetts hermit. <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> Get off we my lawn. We don't do anything because we don't go outside. Well, I know. <laughs> like there's civilized nothing, people. Yeah, there's. Yeah, exactly. We don't go outside. We, we stay on our stoop at, at most. And if someone Stoop, else, is, what is this? The city? Yeah. Well, you know. And if someone uh, is doing something weird, we just say, just don't do it on my lawn. Just go over there. That's you're that fighting is, the horses. That yeah. is what I tell people is Massachusetts liberalism. Just I don't care. Go do it over there. You want to be gay? That's fine. This not on my lawn, please. Yeah. I just cut. That's pretty much it. Martha, I was out repairing the, the stone wall at the back 40, and I swear the new neighbor made eye contact three times. My goodness, Ugh. Harold. <laughs> That's disgusting. Why would anybody do that? I feel like I'm listening to the old-time radio hour on WWLP <laughs> or something. Uh, Shout out so to our competitors. <laughs> yeah. Brought but, to you by Burma Shave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I can do commercial placements for products that no longer exist, right? <laughs> sure. It's even better than products that do exist, as far as I'm concerned. Well, so we don't lose our nonprofit status if I promote, you know, uh, Stanley and Sons buggy whips. <laughs> if you need to beat something with a whip, they're the finest. Okay, so... <laughs> Talk to them about Back underwriting. Back to Roy Moore. Um, Actually, that's not as much of a segue as it should be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, but but also that does remind me that just, Jamra, there's a there's a piece in the Boston Globe about the uh, lack of transparency in public records here in Massachusetts, and especially how the governor's office can keep shtum about a lot of stuff. If you could just throw that up on the civil politics page, that would be sort of a nice reference um, uh, to sort of put in the context and to sort of circle back. So like, yeah, I have these like, eh, you know, Alabama, it's all backwoods and, you know, the South and banjos and Burt Reynolds, uh, you know, and deliverance and whatever. And, you know, I've never been there. I don't actually know anybody from there. So I'm aware that like, I don't really know much about the state. That's so like a dictionary definition of prejudice. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, a, so recognizing that all I really have about Alabama are prejudices and ignorance. I'm like, I, my expectation is that Roy Moore as the Republican in this super Republican evangelical state will, you know, romp to victory with 20 point, you know, 20 point margin or something. 
but I don't know what's going to happen. And it turns out I was right. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> what about right. you guys? <laughs> I mean, it was basically a toss-up, and that's what the polls were saying. And I know polls are, you know, um, less than a perfect predictor. But well, I, actually, I just there wanna... was big turnout too. There was forty percent turnout, and they expected twenty-five. Yeah, I, so I, that also, was huge. I just want to j- jump on the polls for a sec. I read. I think it was in The Guardian, just uh, somebody pointed out that uh, because a lot of the races in Alabama are non-competitive, there isn't much financial incentive to do detailed polling about state elections there, to like be on, on the ground to be prepared to figure out how things are going to go. Mm. So it means that they, it's harder for them to like get up to speed. And yeah. You know about that? Um, no. So- <laughs> well, well, you may now. Um, so I was, I my initial instinct as a massive data nerd was like, oh, they they were published exit polls for this a special election. Let's compare them to the exit polls in 2016. Okay, turns out there was no exit poll done in 2016. What? They just said, it's not going to be. We know who's going to win, so oh, let's not right. do Trump it. Won by 30 so points, I had to go back right? to 2012 to do a comparative analysis. Wow, which really annoyed me. But um, you mean, so well, so in other words, Alabama was so like, meh, who cares that, you know, we know, we, you know, there's nothing to learn here. There's so. no money. Yeah, there was no. Money yeah. In it. And, right. and it wasn't. Okay. Ju- I don't think it was the state level decision, but it was like the polling well, organizations that do the exit polls decided sh- whether it's sure. Pew or like Politico or whatever. They just basically well, none they, of them did it. Yeah. And they didn't do one for Massachusetts, too, because, again, we're a safe, a safe state. But I like the data is still valuable. It's still helpful to draw conclusions. See which count. Which Why? district? Which one? Yeah, really. Yeah. So they didn't that do any really polling? annoyed me because I, I swear I saw county uh, voting breakdowns for last year's election um, by oh, Democrats here in Massachusetts. Yeah, well, like, you can see the voting like that information is public record, but in terms of like the the asking voters of their opinions on different things, that's the, why the exit why they polling voted is for valuable. Oh, 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 and like not just how they voted, but why. Is the exit is part oh, of the value of doing and, the and exit then polls. also getting a sense of you know like you know nerds over forty broke for Hillary eighty right. twenty kind that's of that's how you do whatever. the democratic yeah. uh, dem- uh, demographic <laughs> cross tabs um, so that that irritated me but I, I went twenty twelve was a a decent proxy I thought for like a Obama's second yeah yeah for like um, you know a, a fairly I, I, I take 2012 as like a fairly generic Democrat versus Republican presidential race because it's the closest thing we have in recent history. Um, and there's a lot of good data there. Um, but turnout in different counties in this special election was there was a big differential in terms of the drop in turnout from the presidential election to the um to this special election. Well, what was the turnout overall in 2012? Like, how many people in Alabama voted? Can you um, tell us that? Or uh, do you actually have like a have like I'm insights you want right to share? Now, or you just like, oh, I looked at this and it was awesome. <laughs> well, part of the thing was just yeah. saying that they didn't yeah. do um, the exit polls that I was hoping they would do. But so in uh, 2016, and this is the information I do have from 2016, is that Trump got uh, 1.3 million votes. Clinton got uh, 729,000 votes. So Trump got 62% of the vote. Clinton got 34% of the vote. This time, Jones, Doug Jones, the Democrat, got 671,000 votes. And oh, less Moore than got uh, Clinton. Okay. Less than Clinton, but much closer to Clinton's mark. 
yep. than Moore. Moore only got 650,000 votes. That's a drop from 1.3 million. For Trump. Half. A ton of people. Half of the Republicans didn't. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> half the Trump voters apparently didn't turn out for Moore. Yeah. And... Um, or, yeah, just stayed home. When I went back yeah. to 2012, this is the problem is the... When I went back to... I had to go back to 2012 to see how many um, white voters voted Republican versus black voters voting Democrat. And okay. the and also, like, what percentage of, the, of people in that exit poll identified as either race. Mm-hmm. In, for black voters, it was about the same. Um, and as in 2012, I can't speak to 2016. You, you mean the vast majority of black voters voted for Yeah, it was like President 90, yeah. it was in the 90th percentile for both black men and black women. And they were slightly, um, they're about 25% of the population by census, about 28, 29% in represented in the exit poll. Okay. Almost the same this time in the special election and almost the same uh, break you know, vast majority base. for yeah. it was actually slightly higher this time. They actually mm. went more democratic rather than less, which I thought was interesting. Mm. But for white voters, not yes. only was there, you know, not only did a lot of white voters not turn out, but Doug Jones got like two or three times more white men and white women than um, Romney did in 2012, and presumably that Trump did. In 2016, he got wait, about. Wait, Doug Jones got twice as many. Oh yeah, it was a big swing. It was a huge swing. For, um, wait, you know, but Romney speaking. lost. He carried Alabama, didn't he? Yeah. No, no. I'm. Um, uh, so I'm confused me, about um, your comparison. Obama. Um, so, um, white Ob- voters. Yeah. Yeah. O- white voters for Obama in 2012 would like in uh, in Alabama were like 15 percent. Okay, it was so like 15 he got about 15 percent of the white vote in Alabama right. in 2012. And Moore got about 30% of the white vote. Right, averaged out between men and women. So it was a swing wow. there. But a lot of, but what this also tells me is a lot of Republicans, I think, stayed home because I think de- white Democratic voters turned out for yeah. Doug Jones. A lot of Republicans stayed home or just, you know, or, or 20,000 of them wrote in. Um, the guy who runs Alabama, the Roll Tide, who the runs, Crimson Tide football team, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which Alabama. I thought, and it was, and so many of them voted for Did him. Shelby, that, write him in. Shelby didn't say who he wrote in, but yeah, he said Shelby, he was a prominent Republican. Shelby whiffed. That guy's yeah. a Republican, then. <laughs> well, he said he wasn't going to vote vote for Roy Moore, but he didn't yeah. tell anybody who he wrote in. But yeah, he yeah. said he, he was probably right. wrote in uh, 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 this guy, yeah, Sazen. Or uh, was it Strang? Yeah. Strange. I can't remember um, his name. Saban. Saban. Nick Saban. Um, Luther Strange is the guy. The, the previous the, candidate. The, yeah. the uh, interim senator. In yeah. yeah. Um, Nick, for those of you who don't, Nick Saban runs the football program at um, University of Alabama, which is where the Hugely phrase popular. roll time comes. Roll yeah, tide. They're called the Crimson Tide. They're, they're a famously good football team. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so which, which I thought was kind of an entertaining side note. So... Like all these factors came together, but critically, I need to sh- like shout out the black voters of Alabama because Welcome. they bossed up for this. Yeah. Turnout dropped in white, prom- predominantly Republican counties far more than it dropped in mm-hmm. predominantly black Democratic counties. And in in some of the black, it's called the Black Belt. This series of you know the historical slave counties where where um, descendants of slaves mostly live in southern Alabama it was almost presidential election levels yeah. I heard 97 percent of the black vote voted for 97 percent of yeah. black women black and I think 92 percent of black men yeah. so yeah I mean 
And oh, how good must it feel? How <laughs> amazing. What incredible schadenfreude. Because if you are a black Democrat in Alabama, your your political life is basically being, um, you know, having this white recalcitrant majority that just votes against you every time. I mean, the the racial breakdown in party preference in the South and especially in Alabama is very polarized. And finally, finally, you can stick it in the eye. And they came out for it, and it was beautiful. I just like. I appreciated it as a political um, moment and as like a clear moment where people saw an opportunity and took it and mm. came out and said, "Okay, we have this. Finally, have this chance. This you time is going to make a difference." And the Republicans is beating the Yankees. Huh? Set themselves up for it. Not, no offense, Sue, but like no, they, no, I agree. I they, thought he was going to win. I I sent out a note to you guys, as you know, to two yeah, days before were, the election, saying I think Doug's got this. Doug yeah. Jones, you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the party, you know, the party stood behind, um, the Republican state party stood behind Roy Moore. Well, they went and away think, and they came back, but because they stopped money for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they came back to him and then right. Trump endorsed him. And so uh, it's just, oh, you know, it's these, we never stop getting these crazy, interesting Thank God for democracy. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, maybe it's obviously because of my political leanings, but I think this is just a lovely moment and I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. I needed it, some good news. It, it yeah. certainly explains why Roy Moore uh, thinks we could dispense with the 13th, 14th, 15th, 18th, <laughs> you know, <laughs> any number of amendments after the 10th. <laughs> I want to give a little bit of credit to your new Democratic National Committee leader. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on his name and I wrote oh, it down. Ellison? Uh, no, he's not the one. Oh, that was Tom elect- Perez? Tom Perez. They actually are doing state by state reinvigorating put money in and yeah and i think they brought down um the fellow from who was in new jersey and i'm drawing a blank on his name uh famous senator in oh um menendez uh no um black black senator cory booker Booker. cory booker they had i forget the list of people but they they said you got to ask for the vote and they had been saying that that's how they lost before and i think that's well democrats never have like never organized on a statewide scale in alabama in recent history because it's been considered and they did this time i really attribute some of that to them so good to him so and and unfortunately there's been a long history of you know lefty you know, white people like me sort of apparently taking the black vote way too much for granted. Uh, I really hope that changes. Well, it's you know, true. Black black women didn't like it that all these white people were thanking them for this election, and they said, we vote for our issues. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, mind your own business. I, <laughs> and, and, like, and fair. Like, don't, don't patronize me here, you know. Right. It's very interesting, sort of, all that. There's a group you didn't mention, and I just have to raise it, just I don't mm-hmm. know why. You know how he, Roy, Roy Moore rode on, to the polls on a horse? <laughs> Yes, uh, well, yeah. you know, a horse he, named Sassy, apparently. He, he mistreated the horse. So people who oh, love no. horses saw him kick it to make it go and then use both reins, which is like a total no-no for people who ride horses. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, I think oh. I saw that. They're like, yeah. Do you shout know out to he, horse Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so horse, I, do you know Twitter. how to ride a horse? Apparently not. Yeah. yeah, so they're saying there's also the people that love horses that saw that and went, he's an ass. Oops, excuse my language. <laughs> but, yeah, so the horse, uh, the horse, uh, well, horse comparing him to a to a, uh, an equine is certainly an appropriate <laughs> yes. uh, metaphor. If, uh, if you search for hashtag horse Twitter, Oh yeah. Then you will see some of the best tweets about politics 
slash horses and and equestrian. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people, the, people the person that was quoted the most, I went to her Twitter and she's like, apparently I'm horse Twitter now. <laughs> My brand is strong. <laughs> and she's like a writer for... <laughs> <laughs> Equestria Weekly. She, she's not even like a professional rider. Like she doesn't ride horses, but that's just something she does. And she's like, "What are you doing? The tack is completely wrong. What is this set? Clearly, someone like set it up for him, right? Because he Obviously. looks like an idiot. Well, as the blacksmiths say, if the shoe fits, wear it. Oh Jesus." <laughs> So so be- so I won a Wacky Wednesday hamburger over this race because I told a friend who's a progressive that Doug Jones was going to win and they didn't believe it and that, mm. so I I got I'm getting a free hamburger sometime near Excellent. in my future. Good. Excellent. <laughs> so beyond the shock of uh, of uh, uh, a a paleo conservative, uh, uh, arguably Christian fascist. Uh, in Doug Jones, uh, not Doug Jones, in Roy Moore being beaten out by Doug Jones. Um, what do you think this says about uh, sort of broader national politics, Nothing. or how do you think this is going to change? Nothing. How do you think this is going to change Nothing. things in the Senate? <laughs> really? Really, really. I think Roy Moore was so reprehensible. I think mm-hmm. every woman, no matter their color, race, creed, religion, I think was sort of horrified by him mm. and believed them all. He got uh, what sixty no. to seventy percent of the white women vote. So no. yeah, he did. He got uh, overwhelmingly the white women vote. Can I share something else interesting Please. from the uh, exit polls? Or from, they stayed home um, uh, genre. That's no. yeah. That they could have turned out to vote against him. Um, so Actually, yeah. one of the cross tabs are there is a lot of questions about the. The sec, as it's termed in the exit poll, the sexual misconduct allegations against Moore, um, and a lot of them revolved around like was was it a factor in your vote? But one of the questions just straight out asked: Are these allegations true or oh, are yeah, they a false? A lot of people didn't believe them. Fifty-two uh, percent said they were true. Forty-three percent said they were false. Of the of of those respondents, eighty-nine um, percent. Of the jo- of the people who voted for Jones said true, ninety four percent of more voters said they were false, and I think this gets at an important point, which is that I think like Massachusetts liberals look at how the white vote breaks down in these places, and they think, oh my God, these people are these people will willingly vote for a pedophile, or a you know or some or, or an alleged uh, pedophile. Okay, fine. Um, like what is wrong with them? But I think they just they think it's they think it's fake news. They think it's they think we're lying. You they, know, think they think it's, it's the a lie. Eastern media. You know, yeah, they think it's it's, uh, it's a tribal thing. I think, but it's also yeah. like they they're living in a different media world, and that speaks also to, that I think speaks to our politics as a whole. <laughs> People of different political persuasions are so isolated from me from the thinking of people who are not in their sort of little in their bracket that they're they they have completely different take even something that should be as as you know cut and dry as like whether or not a a political candidate is you know horrible is yes (laughs) is basically a sexual predator 
that that's suddenly up for debate if you're following different news who are editorializing well, and, in opposite and, and directions. That's, that's true. And, and half think, the Trump voters you know, who hmm. voted for somebody who is also a pet, uh, predator, a self self admitted predator, mm-hmm. half of those people stayed home. They didn't come out to vote. So even mm-hmm. of the people that are willing to accept the predator, yeah. half of those didn't come out for Roy Moore. So fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think unfortunately the fake news thing that I mean they really believe that that it's not yeah, true. Yeah, I thought I, that yeah. that really stunned me because a lot of the other cross tabs were a little more yeah. even. That's a stark difference. Eighty nine percent, ninety four percent. That was the that was the clearest cut who came out in these for him. in all of these. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. and I've heard some of the reporters ask. So let's say that later on something comes out and it is actually true. Mm-hmm. And would you then vote for for them for him? And I just I there was very mixed answers on that, but I thought that was an interesting question. It's it, like it, if <coughs> if you believed it, then would you vote? Right, not oh. vote for him. Yeah, I yeah. I just think that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a great follow up. But it's it was like, just anecdotal. It wasn't. I don't think there was a right like but these polls. You know, you know, it's like okay, so you don't believe these stories, but if you know you did come to believe that they were true, would that change your vote? And I what I think is sad is that the answer isn't universally no. You know, you know, or yeah. isn't rather yes, like oh, yeah. I would totally if I was convinced, I would not vote for him. Yeah. But, but I, I think I think this says a lot about uh, the uh, uh, respect and credence uh, a lot of people give to, to to women in pretty much anything in their in yeah. their lives. You know, like mm-hmm. they, their their trustworthiness, their their ability to be relied upon. Um, as witnesses or as political candidates, I, I think this is sort of up a piece with the kind of attitudes um, that, in part, led to Hillary Clinton's defeat. You know, even though she did win the popular vote, as as we like to say, you know. I would like to say something about the the people that that stay home and just didn't didn't vote. Um, I personally don't really have a lot of respect for that. Mm. Uh, it because that means you you are complicit in in his possibly getting elected you're putting the work on someone else you're putting the you're saying well i don't care who gets it instead of saying i i don't want this person or i do want this person Mm. uh if you just stay home and not vote that means either someone or or some other group has to take care of it or uh some or the person that is horrible will will get in. Mm. So, if you're listening, do not <laughs> stay home. I yeah. do not respect you if you do, <laughs> and if you don't vote, then you. I I really think if you don't vote, then you you just can't complain because it's partly your fault. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. With not that. voting is yeah. Hmm. So, do you think this will change the dynamics of the Senate? Uh, given that it's already a razor thin, you know, fifty-two to forty-eight margin, making it fifty-one forty-nine. Well, McCain is sick, and so is. Um, oh, I can't co- remember the fellow's um, name. Coach, Coachler. Coachler. I can't remember the fellow's name, but there's another. Yeah, there's another set. fellow who's sick right now. He just had surgery, mm-hmm. and so. Well, but Maisie Hirono from Hawaii also has like stage four cancer, so she's uh she could be leaving office at yeah. any time as well. Well, it's just this next week. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm focused on next week. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, and uh, <laughs> for that other thing we're going to talk was, about. While I was <laughs> driving across the state to get back here for the show, I guess the uh, Republicans released their tax plan. Is there 
Anything in there that you thought was particularly relevant or worth worth mentioning? You got an hour? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, but we kind of used half of it talking about Alabama well, and, and I uh, think it's alligators in Florida. Be scored. It just was released, right? And people mm -hmm. are just reading it now, and I think it's going to be scored over the weekend, so we'll know more. But, yeah, they changed a lot of things at the last minute. I is it all typed out at least? None of it's scribbled in the margins? Oh, I think it's still scribbled in the margins. <laughs> and and Paul Ryan is all excited because on to entitlements. He's like, this is this is passing. Next up entitlements they're going to go because this this tax bill you probably know this triggers um, one of those other laws that has to take apart entitlements sequestration or something it's not se sequestration yeah. yeah but it's uh, um it triggers it it's a big enough number in the debt that it actually by intent triggers some dismantling of some other programs oh so he wants to gut about. social security medicare and medicaid yeah and he just said it out loud this afternoon and sort of did a little skip as he left the podium so uh, yeah what is wrong with that man he believes this is his you know it's like everybody who like the, they think the deity has looked down on them and they're you know this is their destiny ayn rand that deity <laughs> or, or the christian no, God. that's my deity uh, <laughs> in theory it's his too <laughs> I, I just, wow. I, I don't understand why anyone would think it would be excited about the idea of, you know, cutting Social Security. Yeah. Like, let's make it harder for people to retire. Like, why is that in any way, shape, or form something you're happy about? The best part of it is this is the party that gets an overwhelming majority of elderly voters. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Pay, payback's going to be interesting. But I guess here. They're, paid, they're paid up. Right. Yeah. They're they're already, you know, they're they're getting their cut of the Social yeah. Security. It's well, my generation yeah. that isn't going to see this. Oh, but if you know, if a cost of living doesn't go in, you should hear the screaming from the senior yeah. set. Well, <laughs> like, and, and yeah. we'll see how they get paid back uh, next November. Yeah. Um, see, I think that's the fun part is next November. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, and we are going to take a break in just a moment. But, I, you know, I guess that's one of the things to, to think about is how that's going to play out. Um, I would be curious to know what you think about that, especially as we're looking at the year coming to an end. And, and I'm 65, yeah. <laughs> I didn't... Oh, yeah, sure, that too. So I'm a part of that set. So. Yes. Uh, so uh, uh, we're going to take a break, but before we go, can you just tell us to get off your lawn? <laughs> I, I'd like everybody to come on my lawn. I just talk to everybody in the neighborhood. I'm terrible. I'm like that old lonely person, you know, that's... Cookies, come come over here. You you have cookies? Okay, we're going to Sue's house. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have some cookies and take a short break, play some uh, PSAs and other announcements, and we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple minutes. Don't go away. We'll be right back. She said she has a story to tell, and I'm sure she'll be selling that story. We'll see. Well, yeah, she will. I'm fully sure. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres. 
and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. The Lily Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lily Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lilylibrary.org. Hey, Mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, let's see. T for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. (sighs) This one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. Back with, and we're back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And Sue, you were just uh, informing me a bit about the tax bill, like <laughs> about you know, like I literally didn't have a chance to read this because I was. I don't stuck think in anyone has yet. I know yeah. the reporter, so it just you popped were, you out. Were, you at least know more than I do, so share with, share with me your knowledge. So it just popped out this this afternoon, this evening. All the reporters are trying to read it, uh-huh. and the Joint Committee on Taxation is going to score it probably this weekend. Okay. So they'll start to see some things. But at the end, like Marco Rubio said he wasn't going to sign on unless they changed the tax, the child tax credit. Hmm. So it had been $4,000. They reduced it to $1,000. And the key is whether it's refundable or not, which means even if you don't pay taxes, you still get the money. Yes. So a big he, difference between we're paying a thousand dollars versus four thousand dollars to a poor family. Right, because they don't get any tax credit. So it's back up to two thousand, and the refundable part is fourteen hundred. So that's hmm. what he negotiated himself right at the very end he just said i'm not going to vote for it they gave it to him so there's a lot of little things like that susan collins agreed to it because they're going to bring up some other bills Mm -hmm. you know i said something really rude last week about how women often say oh okay you'll do this for me if i do that for you and they fall for it and then she gets yeah yeah. gets so she she basically agreed to vote for it well she hasn't quite agreed to vote for it but to to fix the obamacare fix and they've postponed getting rid of the um, mandatory requirement until 2019. So that stays intact next year. So everybody still has to buy insurance next year. Oh, you mean the tax penalty? Yeah, the penalty. Uh. So that's like a little wiggle thing. There's just a million little things like that. They're just doing a little bit just to get people to vote for it. So 
I just I think it's going to blow up the 2018 election. I I think unless they've postponed everything, so you won't feel it. But oh, you th- you think it, pe- uh, voters are going to feel the economic bite of it? Yeah, by, I think by so. the elections because they'll be looking at their deductions, and you know everybody oh. will figure it out for themselves. You know, as soon as it's really printed. Hmm. So, is there anything about this plan that, as a you know more pro business Republican than I? <laughs> um, what what do you see about this? Is there anything in there you think is There's that one. is baby to go with their bathwater? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> just wondering. I mean, yeah the i the idea of it was the one part of the idea of it was good mm-hmm. in that we're going. I figured there had to be at least one. <laughs> yeah, and it was t- to change our tax system so that we are like the rest of the world in the way that we tax territorially. Mm-hmm. So we're more consistent with that. But what mm-hmm. they did with the rates, they didn't fix any of the deductions. You know, mm-hmm. they were supposed to make it broader and mm-hmm. and um, lower and wider, right? Mm-hmm. Be- broader tax base, lower taxes. But they needed to get rid of the loopholes. I Somebody told me they got rid of 50 loopholes. I can't find them. So they didn't get rid of the loopholes. Mm-hmm. So sort of, I mean, what what's being said versus what's actually in the bill mm-hmm. is dissonant. Yeah. But that territorial thing actually did put us more consistent with the rest of the world. Oh, you mean so there's not like a, a, a import tariff, as it were, for shipping things to Puerto Rico? Um, that's more trade. This is more corporations. See, it be, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Oh, sorry. I'm, that was stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. I totally – but here's the thing. My, like in one of the versions of the bill, there was actually going to be basically an import tariff oh, shipping things to Puerto Rico. Oh, there's something terrible in there for Puerto Rico. They were just starting to talk about it when I um, had to go to work this morning. But, yeah, there is something bad for Puerto Rico. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is, but they started to well, say I, what it was. It was it, supposed to be X It's all been it's changed, y. and it's been secret because yeah. there were two different versions which didn't agree and didn't work and – yeah. So, but that that idea to put us on a territorial tax base with the rest of the world so that it's more consistent is a good idea. It's it's the my opinion is the implementation, and we'll see. I mean, maybe they fix some of those things. You you can't tell until you actually see it. So right, hmm. and we're and we're in the reconciliation period now, where the Senate and the House versions need to be basically made. Uh, you know, harmonized. They, they need to talk to each <laughs> other. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like, when I look at the amount of tax cuts in this bill, I'm just like, how? How the the corporate tax is going from what thirty five percent to twenty one percent? Yeah, they did yes. come up one percent. It it puts a huge hole in, which triggers this other thing, which is what they want to do, which is it triggers the um the start to cannibalize the um entitlements. Right. Yeah, because yeah. because there's no one point five trillion, is... and they keep trying to keep it at that, but it depends how it's scored. And to keep it under reconciliation, they had to do that, but they should have made the individual tax cuts permanent and made the corporate tax cuts um, subject to a trigger, which was one of the proposals. So they 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 stuck with that, as far as I know, as yeah. of you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, <laughs> my understanding is that's what the donor class oh yeah wants. That's yeah. that shows where their priorities are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I. Uh, I can't remember. <sighs> might have been, might have been something I got from. I can't remember who, but one of the I get emails from uh, you know about investing and so forth because you know I'm one of those Morning people. Star yeah, yeah. and Blueberry. no, not that exactly, <laughs> but like you know I get stuff from Charles Schwab, but other other yeah. companies as well. But one of them was suggest was basically saying like you know explore the possibility of declaring yourself an LLC. 
because there are tax breaks. Oh, he, the pass-through tax breaks. Yeah, are exactly. Huge. Yeah, for the for the smaller businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. smaller businesses. Yeah. You know, they aren't in air quotes because I mean I think Warren Buffett's an LLC. Uh, I don't know if he is, but the people that did the big dig that do yeah. construction all over the world, they converted back to an S corporation about twenty years ago yeah. and got a huge tax. Well, you mean from an S corp? No, they were they were incorporated and they went back to a. Well, an, an S corp is still a corporation. LLC is a limited liability corporation. It's basically a partnership. Well, S is um, S is not a full corporation. It's a subchapter. It's S. not. It's 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 not a publicly traded corporation. Like my bookstore company is a is an S corp, but we have stocks. We have shares. Shareholders, there are all kinds of legal requirements that you have to fulfill, um, and public record record uh, uh, reporting uh, uh, obligations that you have that you don't have as as purely as an LLC. And the tax implications, if I remember this, because I'm you know yeah. sometimes my knowledge is old, but the tax implications of an S corporation are not. Um, they're not the same as, say, for ExxonMobil or something. Yeah, and there was a loophole, and that's I can't think of their name. The the, but, the cement ceiling that fell. Oh, yeah, 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 and, and crushed that, that poor motorist. Yeah, 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 and they were in Iraq, and they worked with them. Um, yeah. you know, but, but an LLC, you know, there's no – an LLC, you can be an LLC and be a billion-dollar business. It's like, you know, you and me, we're a partnership, and we just go out and do stuff, and, yeah. and we make this money. And uh, the partnership, uh, you know, the business income as an LLC, you can just say it passes through because we're a partnership. So, like, it all gets taxed at a personal income tax rate as opposed to a corporate income Which tax rate. Which went from 39 to 37. Right. So. So. But the pass-throughs get a whole other different treatment than individuals. Right. So, right. yeah, it's like there's another new layer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this was supposed to be simplified. And I think it's 1,500 pages. I forget what they said today. How many? Still big. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 yeah. Well, we should definitely talk about that on our next show. We'll probably when we've had a chance more. to maybe <laughs> learn something. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with you that it's going to wind up being, I think, a big issue. Excuse me, a big issue uh, in uh, the elections uh, next year. Um, another thing I think will be a big issue is something you and Stefan, both as people who are involved in 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 human, you know, in human rights advocacy and also in working in IT, um, net neutrality. Um, uh, my yes. mother was just asking me uh, yesterday, like, so what is the deal with net neutrality? And I, I, I gave it a stab. It's good it broke through, that it's it's breaking through. People realize it's yeah. really yeah. important. But um, can you, like in, in, you know, two sentences or, uh, you know, in cu- mm-hmm. two, three sentences, uh, does one of you want to take a stab at sort of explaining what I was going to say, Stefan's probably more yeah. current on this, <laughs> this one is, than I am. Cause this has been the last few have, months of my life. Do you life. have a yeah. spiel <laughs> then, Stefan, you can briefly share with us? To well, tell people first off what this is. So just because in case anybody listening doesn't know. <laughs> so net neutrality is essentially um, it's a it's kind of a philosophical idea, but it has been codified into federal law whereby your internet service provider cannot um, artificially change the speed at which you get served data from the internet based on what site it's coming from. This is very similar to, for instance, uh, when I pay my phone bill. If I call the pizza joint down the street, or I call my mom in the southwest of the U.S., or I, you know, call um, somebody, you know, in a completely different place, I expect those calls to get routed through at the same rate. It's, uh, you know, it's, I, you pay one price, you get a phone line that works the same everywhere. Under net neutrality, the internet works very similarly. You pay one price, you get the whole internet. 
you don't have to pay more to get access to streaming services or um or pay or england more, or or right um or you know there's yeah there's no roaming charges for uh you know trying to access websites that are hosted outside of your country um you don't have to pay you don't have to pay a social media package uh on like say your mobile plan uh, your data plan on and your they phone. they don't lock them down either, uh, right? Yeah. There's no, not like China where they could, right. you could you could not get to certain sites. But they can't just say like, well, we'll let mm -hmm. you stream, <laughs> we'll let you stream Fox News in this pa in this package, but not MSNBC. Or not Netflix. Right. You know, or they, they'll, they won't, they won't make it so like, oh, Amazon.com mm -hmm. will load a lot faster than the website for say a certain local, locally owned independent comic book store. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. And organizations do compete if you let them. Yes. Right. Well, I, <laughs> so, I, I noticed that one of the things that like uh, Verizon and Comcast have repeatedly said is like, just because we will, we uh, under this new sort of regulatory regime, we will have the ability to throttle, you know, mm -hmm. restrict what you can see, charge different rates mm -hmm. and, and throttle uh, or otherwise restrict the, your access to various things. Just because we will be able to do that doesn't mean in any way that we will do that. Which doesn't Don't explain forget. then why they spent tens of millions of dollars lobbying to make it happen. Well, you're not old enough to remember when Verizon would charge you three dollars for that black rotary phone a month, and then oh, as a rental fee, yeah. And then the and the wires into the wall was a different fee, and then mm -hmm. the, if the right. jack broke, it was something else. And oh yeah, yeah, they just price discriminated everything they could possibly do until they stopped them from doing it. Yeah, yeah. So well, that that's the model. I right. mean, that is the. The pressure. I and guess. before 2015, when the current rules that we have went into place, they did it. They, you know, they they were taken to court for doing exactly that. Um, AT and T. If you have an um, an Apple phone, for example, AT and T was basically preventing uh, users from using the FaceTime app on their phone unless they were using an AT and T approved intermediary, like the. I didn't know that. It was it was crazy. Um, and what do you, what do you mean? The, like what, an AT and T. Sorry, I would not explain that well. But like, if you had an iPhone, for example, because I have an iPhone with AT and T, and right. I did notice some problems with FaceTime a few years ago. And I'm yeah. like, what was the problem? Because <laughs> you had to be using AT and T data to get there, so you. Couldn't... Oh, I thought I was because I had I I got one of those old data plans that's unlimited. So, oh well, well for people who which like, they may not, which I think they didn't different... like for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was crazy because you had it was like you, you you couldn't use your you know if you wanted to use someone else's Wi-Fi or something to use it, it, it wouldn't work. It was oh, it was I like didn't, I didn't notice that they were yeah. they were making the use of the actual app contingent on your use of AT and T's data and thus yeah. you know oh. affecting your plan with AT and T. So it was almost. So in other words, if I wasn't using data and thus right. paying the money for it, they wouldn't let me do it. Exactly, and it was. Oh. And it's just like. So they've been pushing the envelope ways to here. do that. There well, it's interesting because I noticed the problem sometimes. Like towards the end of the month, I'd notice that like my service would get slow. Oh, so they were. Th that's that's a different. Issue. That's called yeah. throttling, right? And yeah. that's another risk that we're running, where basically arbitrary data caps are placed on an individual user's account, and you, in order to get more data, you have to pay more. And that's and that's. Since I had that, a I had a grandfathered account that like. There's no limit. They don't. They don't get any more money from me, no matter how much data I use. But towards mm. the end of the month, yeah. But they may have. That had is a little... very interesting because, yeah. like, a lot of this stuff is, you know, there's the not a lot of transparency. Yeah. Sorry, what'd you say? Well, I was gonna say a lot of places, including Comcast, you know, they'll have too many people on one set of um, 
mm-hmm. whatever the connections are, access points. Yeah. And they actually throttle to keep everybody sort of alive. Mm-hmm. And and it's very hard to prove, and it's it's invisible to the user. So it's sort of like it's, it's right. very hard to police. It, it, it's not invisible exactly because <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, the cable went, company. Oh, what's in, wrong with this? I can't. Well, I'm yeah. <laughs> I see that happening all the time, especially like Friday, Saturday evenings, and my mm, cable. Everybody in at the home. neighborhood. Yeah, is, in East Hampton. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you start to see it, and it's because they haven't built out the capacity they should have. The people that license them, forgive me, I'm just going to say this for two seconds. Yeah. Like Northampton, all that should force them to give them the um, as-built wiring diagrams and force mm-hmm. them to prove that they've provided the capacity that's in the license. Give, give provide them the what wiring diagrams? As-built. In other words, it shows where all the oh, um, all as the, it was uh, built. As mm-hmm. as built, not what was. Pre- Pose, but actually, okay. No, 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 no. I just, I was like, it's a term. It's actually a term. No, no, it makes sense. It's the two words as built. I was just like, oh, what? Actually, it's as built wiring diagram. It's all, it's actually, but they need to have a readout of the hardware. Yeah. But the logic of of the the term. Yeah. Yeah, And and so the actual, nobody does because nobody understands and, you know, it. And they've switched it out. They used to have some capacity at your street, but then three more people moved in, and they added. Well, some I don't stuff know what's going on with with East Hampton, <laughs> but uh, you know, perhaps you, you could mention um, this. Perhaps you could put uh, put a word in the ear of uh, Mayor Narkowitz. He seemed like a very <laughs> knowledgeable and friendly fellow when he was here in our studio a couple <laughs> that, of weeks ago. That's true. <laughs> it's um, it's a fight that cities and towns don't necessarily want to have. Well, this is kind of the interesting thing: it's is forcing that somebody to comply with their their right. license. Or when develop their own it. municipal broadband, yeah, which is the alternative. Yeah. And I think one you know, sort of silver lining to this whole thing is that individual municipalities are looking into setting up their own If they already have an electric owned, company. Right. Because they have the trucks and the poles and the wires. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. The, 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 city, uh, the cities and towns that already have that, that capacity ca- yeah. are, can do it. But um, there's oh, a whole— Oh, you mean the um, wild, Wired West? Right. Yeah, they were buying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, um, that's that's actually um, those are both great initiatives. Actually. Yeah, and Wild uh, Wired West is like a consortium. So that's not just one individual. So they're fighting uh, with the place, the companies. Yeah, sort of directly. But Belmont did it. We we um we started. We got our electrician, our um, linemen, because we had our own electric company, mm. to start wiring and practicing putting up optical fiber. And you know what happened? <laughs> No. All of a sudden, Verizon said, "We'll give you FiOS here in town." Oh, <laughs> yeah. And we it's went the through the whole charade. Works. Yeah, we went to a whole charade. <laughs> the 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 head of the electric department was in on it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it works. And the problem is, if you don't have leverage and you don't have enough money and you don't have enough people and you right. don't understand it, you can't you can't bring them to the mat. Yeah. You just can't. Well, yeah, and like little little towns like up in the hill towns do not have that yeah. capacity mm-hmm. to lobby for themselves. That's where the state should be work. doing. They should. That's that is a good role. For the state that I will, mm. I you know, Charlie Baker is business Republican. Yeah. Well, I like I like markets and I like you know. Yeah. So that was actually one of the things. Uh, but net neutrality. Sorry, we got yeah. way no, off. No, 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 because <laughs> no. this is actually exactly what it's about. So uh, Ajit Pai, who's the head of the FCC, yes. the chairman, uh, <laughs> and he's uh, uh, widely derided as a, a he used to work for Verizon is basically still being a shill for them, but. Um, <clears throat> Whether or not you want to subscribe to that, one of the things he's been saying a lot recently is that uh, the Obama era uh, uh, regulations of the of uh, the internet 
treating it like a public utility that must. It was you know, interfering with competition. Right, right? that it was interfering <laughs> with with the government market with with the operation of the free market. That it, it was like level playing field, huh? Right. Well, so yeah. so, but that was that was the argument. As someone who you know believes in the government staying out of the marketplace as much as possible, unless they have to just be a little bit of a referee, yeah. In which case, because the big companies, we so don't so have. you don't you don't buy this idea that like this is actually oh, no. a more pro business oh, or no. more free market not approach. A, not even close. It's sort of like underlying no? value. It's just if you're really a Republican, you actually get yeah. how mm-hmm. the leverage works and how it really, really should you know should play out. You you don't pretend that that's the rule just so you can get your ex company a lot of money. Right. I mean, people do, but I'm saying if you're really. It's, Really, a republic. It's unenlightened self-interest. <laughs> <laughs> unenlightened self-interest. I would. I think the critical thing for people to think about is, is to consider the internet not so much as a consumer product in and of itself, but as a public service that has a kind of public-wide utility through which products and commerce can happen. So it's like maintaining the electrical grid exactly. or the phone network or the roads. And yeah. we don't, you know, I mean. Ideally, at least, and that's not true on the ground in many places, but ideally those are maintained not as, um, you know, a private sort of competitive market, but as a public resource. And, as, and, and you know, you, we take from the public till to, to maintain those networks and that a- access because we recognize that it not only does it serve a public benefit, it also allows businesses to do business using that you know, u- using the phone networks, using public roads, y- using the using interstate highway system. One of the biggest yes. changes to the oh, reasons why the 1950s were such a boom time for U.S. economic growth. There's a bunch of reasons, but one of them is interstate commerce became a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Well, Western Mass really has a long way to go with broadband, and that oh, gosh, is that sort of criminal. So does Eastern Mass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends where. Yes, yeah, true. It depends where you are, but that disparity that. That is what you happens when when companies are allowed to do whatever they want, they will compete. And when they compete, they put all their stuff right where all the people in the market is, and they right. don't. They do, go for yeah. yeah. They yeah. go for the high the high dollar. It's just like if you have two um, concession stands on the mm-hmm. beach, they won't be at opposite ends of the beach. They'll both locate right next to each other in in the middle of the beach because it's equal right. distance. along the footpath. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the same reason why our you know cities that are very economically prosperous are having a huge housing crisis right now because if developers are allowed to build whatever they want they will build luxury condos the highest there's a high value profit for the there. property right yeah. as, as opposed to affordable housing which is not which is necessary for people to actually live but it's not high value in terms of the profit market i mean it's it actually this is something we were talking about and that's about. what you want businesses to yeah. do mm-hmm. this is oh, something but, we were talking about with mayor narkowitz <laughs> yeah. because he was pointing out that uh, you know affordable housing makes the city worth living in. But for the individual developer, the return is much better to, to build, you know, the Whatever the market will bear. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that is the essential tension, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll talk more about this next week. But. <laughs> I guess we'll have to. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so uh, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be doing another show uh, before the, the big Christmas holiday. So uh, in case we aren't Merry Christmas, everybody, uh, we certainly will be doing one uh, before the uh, new year, though, uh, whether it's next week or the week after. But uh, we, I, I think we all hope you have happy holidays of whatever flavor you care to celebrate with friends and loved ones. And, uh, you know, we certainly appreciate you listening to Civil Politics, and uh, we hope you'll join us again uh, 
uh, every time we do one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, and stay tuned for Subculture coming up next. Good Bye, night. Felicia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> this show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.